Hey everybody! Welcome to another week and not feel good people. Yeah, I'm back. Back in the new uh the new studio. Back in the new digs. Back in the new digs. So uh just fa- man, we just finished watching a really what's that movie called? Well, I wanna see Let's make sure you're uh, the lights on your side. Okay, never mind. Love and Mercy. Love and Mercy. Love and Mercy, the Brian Wilson movie with Paul Dano and John Cusack. I don't know who directed it. Yeah, no idea. They're so good, though. Yeah, it's a great Holy flick. Shit. It's a great flick, man. Like, because I don't like the Beach Boys. Right. I don't know. Or you didn't before you I saw didn't, I didn't. I didn't hate them, but I just never had an affinity for them. Mm. I never even took time to really listen to them. You know, everyone knows the Beach Boys tunes that are popular. Yeah, you know? good vibrations. Good vibrations. Wouldn't it be nice? Barbara Get around. Ann. I liked Barbara Ann. Ann because The Who Did I really has that f- classic clip of Keith Moon doing Barbara Ann. Yeah. So I've always liked Barbara Ann because of that, right? Yeah. But no, watching this before, I, I watched it before too. It really give me an outlook on Brian Wilson and the Beach Boys. Mm-hmm. And new appreciation for the music. Because so much of it comes from a dark place. Yeah, absolutely. And he's like, they're right about uh, all those songs that have pet sounds, or even the happy songs sound sad. Like, wouldn't it be nice? Sounds like a sad song in a weird way. Yeah. And it's even like and the melan- sad songs sound happy, too. Yeah, like, it's like a melancholy to it. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. And, like, uh, I think when I first started loving the Beach Boys was like when I was working at Little Red Sounds for right. about a little bit. Felix, the producer and engineer there. Yeah was really into Brian Wilson and like he showed me a bunch of stuff that maybe like especially backgrounds and harmonies and stuff like that right everyone knows they're amazing but like yeah the songwriting is great and I like I like bands that have like um like either one or two visionaries you know yeah. like the Stones had Mick and Keith were sort of the visionaries of the band or like Brian Brian Wilson was a visionary mm-hmm. of the Beach Boys obviously yeah and kind of sort of was the the brain behind the whole thing yeah I thought the movie was good at, um, at, uh, not pacing out, but, you know, uh, what's, what am I looking for? I thought the movie was good at, like, uh, juggling with just the Beach Boys and the start of the first couple albums, Mm -hmm. and then Brian's personal life and his personal struggle and his mental illness. I thought it was good at balancing those two out, too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Where, like, a lot of it is him dealing with his mental illness and stuff like that. And then a lot of it's just in the studio shit. Yeah, just, like, him making pet sounds and what a struggle it was and how it was not received well. Yeah. I like that they gave a little nod to, like, the Wrecking Crew. Like, those guys who are apparently, like, famous studio guys who played on a bunch of albums. Right. There's a documentary on it called The Wrecking Crew. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, they, like, honored those guys in a really way. And I feel like they went out of their way to honor them. Yeah. Where yeah. they didn't have to, where they had, like, uh, actors who looked like the actual guys. Right. And, like, they had uh, Brian Wilson's character run around just be like, can you believe it? these guys are, like, the best musicians ever? No one's <laughs> even heard of them. It's crazy. Like, it's almost like, it's almost like I feel like the director, like, watched that documentary. Right. And then, like, was uh, sort of felt guilty. So he, like, added those couple lines of dialogue. Added it in. Man, Paul Dano's so good at playing a young Brian Wilson. He looked like Brian Wilson, too. I was just going to say a fucking, like, fragile, weird person. Yeah, yeah, he is. Paul Dano is dope at playing a disturbed person, Yeah, he's really good, like, uh, Little Miss Sunshine, or even, um... Well, even, like, There Will Be Blood. Even There Will Be Blood, yeah, Yeah. he's fucked up. He's a really good actor. He's... What was... Paul Dano was... I even liked him in, uh... 
this movie has like oddly has a lot of like heavy hitter actors. My I think in my opinion, mm-hmm. in my opinion, um, that I like early on there. Oh, uh, the girl next door, Paul Dano is in it. Oh yeah, he plays his hung best friend. <laughs> he's yeah, right. right. He's like like a nervous weird guy who's really well hung. I forgot about. And it's that. got Emil Hirsch in there who I really like. Yeah, yeah. My man, fucking Timothy. Timothy Oliphant, Oliphant or being Olaf- a bad motherfucker. Oh, Oliphantastic. That's the movie that made me love Timothy Oliphant. Yeah, and I saw man. Deadwood. I was just showing you uh, the perfect getaway. Another classic Timothy Oliphant everyone's got to watch. Oh, right. What was that? Okay, what was the... Per- oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect okay. Getaway is a movie with Steve Zahn and d- dating Mila Jovovic. And there's murders going on on Hawaii Island. Like, um... Couples murders. Two, two, a couple is murdering a bunch of people. So they're scared. And then they run into Timothy Oliphant and his girlfriend, who are another couple in the whole movie. You're like, huh, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's bad. I mean, that's, no, I, I don't want. You, you don't want to spoil more it because the spoiler is the best part. I mean, I'll spoil it. The whole movie, Steve Zahn's the fucking killer. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I'll spoil it because you got to watch it knowing that. Because when Steve Zahn does that turn, it's fucking hilarious. It's just so funny to see Steve Zahn trying to act like a badass. Yeah, everyone like, knows Steve Zahn. Yeah, Steve right? Zahn's the guy from uh, Saving Save, Saving Silverman. Classic. Like, yeah, yeah. He's just like this goofy, lovable. He was also really good in the Tom Hanks. That thing you do. Yeah, yeah. Playing Steve's online character is a goofy guy. To see him try to do badass serial killer. Yeah, it's hilarious. Like, <laughs> messed out badass serial killer. He does the best line reading in it where it just, it's just shot of him looking at a couple. And he's like, these will be some nice guys to frame or something. <laughs> like, something along those lines. Or, oh, The movie dates itself, too, with one shot. <laughs> with this <laughs> close-up whale tail shot of uh, Timothy Oliphant's girlfriend running for this... Uh, boat running for this boat it's like an in center almost focusing on her whale tail right it's such an early 2000s because i didn't know what whale tail whale tail is when you got the thong sticking out of the back of the low rise jeans yeah a Which classic is, look is such a dated look it is oh like, yeah man it's like a gwen stefania but i love like i because i grew up like the whale tail was like a thing when i was like like 12, 13, I was becoming pubescent. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, all the hotter, older 17 year old girls you'd see around town at the whale tail was like, so I see that and there's like triggers, mm-hmm. like a young Braden. Like, I love like that, that weird, that look that I hate otherwise. Right. In women, just because of like just early conditioning. Now, I feel like it's gone there almost, opposite. almost opposite way, but, but, but in a weird way where they're wearing shorts so short. But so high. But high. High-waisted shorts. But so short where you're getting all ass cheek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're getting full ass cheek. Just, it's like a high-waisted thong now they're it's just a, wearing instead of wearing jeans and a thong. It is almost like someone came in and they're like, no, you got it the wrong way. You should see more ass cheek. Less <laughs> back. Yeah. Weird how that works. Um, I, feel I love like it either T- way. I feel like T-Swift, like, popularized... The, uh, the high shorts. The high shorts? I think that's a T-Swift thing. Yeah? I think. I don't know. I don't know why I even care. But <laughs> but I'm pretty sure, like, she's almost like the anti-Gwen Stefani. Gwen, you, know, you think Gwen was the mother of the whale tail? Uh, it's sort of like uh, when people talk about... Um... Like, whatever band that came... Like, a, po- a popular metal band or something. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of times, if it's a band that came later, they'll go, they didn't invent metal, but they perfected it. Right. 
that's Gwen Stefani. She invented <laughs> the wheelchair. <laughs> I like that. She perfected it for sure. I like that. I'll oh, see. she wore it. She wore it the best. <laughs> Hold on. I, I hate to do this because we just started recording, but I got to take a, a painful shit. Yeah, let's uh, theme song. Theme song, baby. I was sitting in a crummy movie with my hands on my chin. Sorry about that, man. Mm. You know, so, it was weird because I had a huge gut ache, uh-huh. but I took the smallest shit. Mm. Yeah. I think it was the hot Cherico we had earlier. Spicy mm, baby, sausage. I love hot Cherico. It's the best. But I think it's just moving through my guts in a painful way. Mm, right. That was a long week we had. Fuck, it felt like. you telling me, man. Fuck, man. Yeah, lost shit went down. Had a crazy, we had a weird crazy week. week. Earlier this week, we had a fire at your place, though. That was that was nice. fun. That was good. That was Cold very came nice. over. Yeah, it was uh, very casual. I enjoy. I enjoy your it new was place. Nice. It was like one of those things where I'm like, I don't know. It just everything was nice. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, and if you know anything about us, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of moments where it's just like. Oh, everything feels good and everything feels nice. You know, it's yeah. peaceful. I had playing some tunes, had a fire going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, psych ourselves out any chance we can get usually. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I had this weird occurrence at a lesson. Mm-hmm. I do like sometimes I I have one private lesson I do. Yeah, where I go to a kid's house because Jamie knows the mother and right, and she's nice enough and stuff. So I go over to his house. <laughs> their house and do a lesson with this kid he's a nice enough kid yeah. but uh how old is he seven right on um and you're in your uh experience in teaching so far what would you say um is the best age group to teach age uh, range I mean. it's, you're not, it's not you're preferred it's you're tough. preferred not it's, even it easy. depends on really it all depends on attitude because i have a kid who's like so you're saying there is no answer. like like you know like nine to like 11 is really easy okay because they're like good enough and strong enough to hold the strings down and right. they're smart enough to comprehend everything you're saying okay although teenagers are good like t- i have some like teenagers are so smokingly talented but the smoking pro- hot. oh so smoking <laughs> um, but they uh there's a lot of like okay i want you to do this and they're just like there's a lot of air especially teenage boys there's a lot of arrogance and thinking they're like way they they think they got it already yeah yeah 
and it's hard or like um Sometimes with really young kids, you get, like, kids who just don't want to do it. Like, they're just like, I don't want to. Mm -hmm. And you feel like, I... It's weird, because, like, sometimes I feel like... Like, you know how I learned guitar. I basically taught myself. Yeah. You did teach yourself. I did teach myself. Not basically. I did teach myself. And it was like... I scrimped and scraped for every bit of guitar knowledge I had. Like, Mm -hmm. I just sat there and practiced and played. I did, like, the hardest way possible. Yeah. Where he just sat there and played and played and played until he got good. And I played mm-hmm. bands and jammed and jammed. And it's like, I would have given anything to have like someone mentor me. Right. You know, in guitar, I would yeah. have killed for it. A Mr. It. Miyagi of sorts. Yeah. And so, like, and I feel like, sometimes I feel like I'm just giving these kids this stuff. And they're just so ungrateful. They just don't care. Right. And I'm just <laughs> like, I don't know, man. Because it's like, like I don't, when they're like, when they complain about like, I don't want to do it. Yeah. I'm like, well, then don't do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, teaching would fucking suck. Yeah. That being said, we're uh, doing a School of Rock camp. <laughs> K-Pack this summer. I mean, I mean teaching cool. in general. Oh, uh, yeah. That must, be a, that must like, be a frustration with all uh, teachers just putting up it, with the kids. It's a small complaint because it's a good job. Yeah. And, it doesn't, and honestly, like, I have this uh, big uh, picture of, like, pizza and pop and stuff that came from Domino's where I used to work. And every time I feel like the slightest bit of discomfort or for kids like trying to give me sass, I just look at that and I remember customers, total strangers over the phone calling me a fucking asshole because there's too much cheese on their pizza or like just degrading. Yeah. Horrible bullshit. Now I'm like, oh yeah, a kid like not wanting to like play a scale really isn't the worst thing in the world at all. Right. Like I get to sit down and play guitar all day. Yeah. I love my, you know what I mean? Like. Mm-hmm. So I'm grateful in that way. Yeah. So I want to seem ungrateful. I, I really lucked out in what I'm doing. Right. That was a little excursion. You were talking about the kid, private private kid you're teaching. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but there's this weird thing where I'm teaching him, and he's like, my dad says this is our last lesson. I'm like, it is? Because they didn't say anything about canceling the lessons to me. I'm like, it is? He's like, right. he's like yeah, you know, I just don't, I'm not into it or whatever. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. That's fine. And then there was the, and the parents weren't there, like, they were downstairs, or there, I, I can't remember, but they weren't in the room. Mm-hmm. And he kept bringing up those as the last lesson, and I'm like, okay. And so, we're packing up, and, like, talking to the dad, and I'm like, I'm almost like, wait, and so, is there anything yeah. you wanted to, and nothing, he didn't say anything. And so, I don't know if he's just, like, the kid didn't want to do the lesson, so he's just, like, just to get him up and out of off you know uh-huh. ready to do he's like this is your last lesson so don't worry you know yeah and then uh or or if the dad just didn't want him to just didn't want to say anything <laughs> right you know i was but it's weird when you like you hear that and then you're like okay so this is the part where you probably should tell me that he's not going to do lessons anymore but maybe yeah. they're just waiting to see right but so, is, so you don't know the answer he, he yet? Never, he, like, I just, I just like, I guess I'll go and I'll see you later. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. trying to give, when you're trying to give someone an out. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I didn't get that out. <laughs> he didn't get that he, out. He didn't like, I was just like, bye. bye. Yeah. You know, and in a weird way, he seemed more interested in ever than, like, he's like, how's he doing? And blah, blah, blah. And what should he practice? Really? Yeah. Hmm. And so I went through it with him and, hmm. I don't know. I don't know, man. Like, when you did, because uh, you're, you're a filmmaker and a writer, yeah. when it comes to doing that stuff, did you just, I was talking about your writing, I really like your writing, you're writing me something Thank you. that you wrote earlier, uh, 
when it came to writing, is it something you just did over and over again to get good at it? Did um, you look up any, like, did you go online and look up tips or, like... Every once in a while, I'll look up shit on punctuation. Right. Like, to make sure my punctuation's right, you know? Mm-hmm. And shit like that. So, like, yeah, when I can, I will. Uh, like, on story structure and stuff like that? Do you look stuff like that? Like, just... No. Uh, no, not usually. Because, like, I don't know, just never really too much i guess maybe i was just too lazy right. like i remember i did for like a month or two was looking up you know acts and how an act should work in the three arcs act structure you know right. and stuff like that yeah but then but then for the most part i was thinking about all my favorite writing and all my favorite shit yeah. and they said fuck it to all of that you know mm-hmm. but they took it they took it but yeah, just yeah, made it their yeah, own yeah. thing so it's yeah. not something I really concern myself with too much. Yeah, and I feel like uh, with writers especially, that's kind of how they... It's almost like your teachers are, like, the stuff you like. Yeah. And you look at what they did and kind of cop stuff from that and make it your own. Yeah, and there's, like, writers like Cormac McCarthy who barely uses any punctuation in his writing. And right. it's just kind of, f- like, flowing and it's kind of hard to read. Mm-hmm. And then you have someone like H.P. Lovecraft who uses way too much adjectives and, like, you know, a simple thought like a man walking up the stairs will take a whole paragraph for him, yeah, right? Yeah. So then I kind of put that to myself and be like, well, don't put yourself in such harsh lines, you know? Otherwise, yeah. otherwise you won't complete shit. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, you know, you'll just be doing like a paperwork at, at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I try to keep it as open as possible, but like, yeah, I mean, there's definitely some stuff, like you said, mm-hmm. when I can pick up on something, I definitely do. You know, yeah. when I when I can hear about a writer, a writer that I respect, like a screenwriter, talk about his craft, I'll definitely listen to him and yeah. take in that information. You know, yeah, for sure. Yeah, As, is there anything that anyone's ever seen it said or done in an interview that you're like really took to heart? Um, advice that you're like, oh, I remember that. And I'm gonna not straight out advice, but. I remember the thing that made me want to be a director for sure. Because I wanted to be an actor when I was really little. When I was the littlest little. Like, when I was four years you're old. You're actually pretty good in front of the camera, too. Like, I've, like, shot stuff that you've acted in. You're actually... For a guy <laughs> who's never, like, really done it, or I didn't even know yeah. you wanted to be an actor, like... I'm sure I've heard you express interest in it before, but not in as much as, like, you want to be a filmmaker. I think that's the most ironic like, part is, like, I want to be a director. I think I'm a good writer. I know I'm a good actor. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to bullshit myself out of so much situations in my life mm-hmm. and, like, either take a rid of, like, all humility, you know, or yeah. put it on. Yeah. Because I can't, in front of a camera, like, I'm so... I've had to act in a couple short films I did. I found Sweet Tooth, by the way, the short film I did in Vancouver. is bad. Deadly. I found the DVD. Deadly. Deadly. Went the special features the other day. Nice. And I remember the trailer being so much better than it was. I remember the trailer being so much better than the film, and I watched trailer the trailer. trailer was color correcting. <laughs> yeah, and I was like... And then I watched the trailer, I was like, this trailer sucks. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, it was bad. Oh, man. That's not good. Yeah. But, um, trying to think of, like, a specific piece of advice but nothing is really coming to me at the moment that i really took oh anyways i was saying when i was really little mm-hmm. uh like when i was really into the matrix and that era right mm-hmm. i wanted to be an actor i were not i just wanted to be in the movies i wanted to be on screen you know yeah. i didn't know the intricacies of like oh i want to be an actor you mm-hmm. know? just wanted to make movies yeah uh and then i got older and like more self-conscious yeah. and stuff you know yeah and i wanted to be a director but the uh, one one th- scene that still makes me go like oh, 
this is why I want to do it is at the appendices in the return of the king mm-hmm. they released all the lord of the rings always released uh like special extended edition that peter jackson yeah. did when they came out yeah regular like three discs of just the special features discs, of the, yeah like of that movie yeah uh the regular dvd would come out and then later that i believe it always came out at christmas because i remember yeah. i got them for my birthday in like sequins yeah and in the return of the king on the last one it's peter jackson directing the last scene of elijah wood Right. I remember, right? Yeah. And it go it's like 10 minutes. It's, but by the way, the appendices, the special features on the Lord of the Rings are the fucking They're, best. They are the best special features. Bar. I have never yet to see. To be fair, I haven't been buying DVDs lately, but those are by far the best special features I've ever seen on anything. It has like the calmness and the nice like smoothness of a BBC documentary. Mm-hmm. But just as interesting as like something you'd watch on yeah, YouTube. Yeah, it goes through every department, like makeup, like all that stuff. Makeup, like, sound, teaches you the writing, everything. Yeah. yeah, and it's so just. It is like there's something about those uh, special features that like it takes me back to like when me and you couldn't sleep on Christmas Eve. Yeah. And we'd watch it or something. Like, it's like yeah, it is like a nostalgic, warm hug. It is. Yeah. Of a thing to watch. Like I, I could like, I could watch those over and over again. Oh, I. I still got them on repeat. I yeah. still got them on repeat. They're one of the few things I've saved from all my moving yeah. and things on the road yeah. and uh, have been those DVDs. Yeah. And the last one, Return of the King, anyways, there's a scene where he's directing Elijah Wood's last scene. And it goes on forever and forever. And uh, they start talking about how you can tell Pete has the shot. But mm. Pete just doesn't want to... He doesn't want it to end. He doesn't want to say, you know... It's done cut check the gate you know yeah yeah. so he just keeps on he keeps on doing another take and he'll like you can tell he's like choking up under his breath be like all right another one all right another one and then at the end he goes okay finally cut gate and he takes off his headphones and him and elijah would just go up and they embrace in the most like loving hug like they've been through a journey together yeah like yeah like pete jackson and elijah would have been to Mordor and back themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, and, like, I mean, how many years was that shoot? Like, probably over like ten years or something. Like, yeah, when you I think, think so. when you factor in reshoots and stuff like that. Yeah, and starting, they started pre-production early too on Lord of the Rings. Yeah, early, right? The studio was. They started so early. The studio was begging them to put All Star Smash Mouth in. Yeah. And by the time <laughs> they finished, they were begging them to put. I don't know what's the equivalent of that. Uh, who let the dogs out? Maybe that's right. earlier. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that scene, though, uh, that scene epitomizes the personal reward right. that a director gets. Yeah. And then there's the spiritual one, which I take this from Francis Ford at the end, where it's just like, you know, being a person who's like maybe not stable all the time, movies and media really helps me. Mm-hmm. You know, if, when I'm in a bad mood, a movie can save my life, you know? Yeah. And if it's the right movie, it can give me a message that keeps going on to tomorrow, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That just keep going one more day, you know? Yeah. Same with music. Um, and Francis Ford Coppola had a good thing of that at the end of Heart of Darkness, the mm-hmm. documentary on Apocalypse Now, right? Mm-hmm. He says, my wish is that just for one day, you know, other kids start making movies. And right. that a little girl filming on an 8mm camera wins an Oscar one day, you right. know, and right. stuff like that. Yeah. And that's always been my dream, too, is just to, like, put, put a piece of art out that makes a kid who's in high school or whatever depressed, he sees that and goes, oh, fuck, I should yeah. be doing this, you yeah. know? And that's he fun. continues, you know? It's almost just like a... 
where it's like it's why I like Johnny Thunders and Sid Vicious and Didi Ramon where they yeah. lived such they were such sad people yeah no, not in the way where they're like they were sad but they were literally sad yeah, yeah, yeah. they were literally like didn't feel good you know and yeah. stuff like that but they have made me feel good yeah, yeah so yeah. many countless times and made me want to live so many countless times um there's a bright eyes lyric right that epitomizes that with music perfectly for that and the line is uh uh, something about some being uh, being upset or something. I can't remember exactly. I'm mm-hmm. gonna really paraphrasing a lyric really doesn't work. But, uh, <laughs> but then it goes, uh, and I'm drunk as hell on a piano bench, be, a piano bench. And when I press the keys, it all goes reverse. The sound of loneliness makes me happier. Mm. And yeah. it's like fucking that line clicked with me. Yeah, I, I really. I don't, people give bright eyes shit because it's like it's bright think, eyes. It's it, people think it's hipster teenage girl stuff, but I'm like that fucking Connor. He's a fucking good writer. Like oh, yeah, I, I, I listen to him independent of any of that stuff. I just yeah. I think I like someone showed me a song or something. I was like, this is so his writing. Connor's it, been going for a while too. Yeah, man. he's fucking great. And it's like I think people gave him shit because a lot of uh, like the. Rolling Stone was like, this is the new Bob Dylan and stuff like that. None of that's his fault. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, he wasn't calling himself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) And it was like, but his writing is so fucking good. Yeah. Um, And so so that's just like, that was always my drive, right? Yeah. Is like, because I could see, as a storyteller, I could see the irony and how beautiful Johnny Thunder's story is. And how beautiful that his life and death were able to bring us life you know Mm -hmm. or in my particular case sid Mm -hmm. you know his such short sad life yeah has brought me so much days where i thought i couldn't make it through you know and then listening to my way it's just like i got a friend yeah i got a friend who knows what i'm going through yeah and if i'm and if shit's going to go bad at least i'm not going through it alone yeah exactly and uh yeah but fucking it's, I can't even go into how much what music means to me. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, can't even begin to explain like, yeah, why I fucking sacrifice everything in my life to yeah. be a musician. Like, I sacrifice having a normal life to some degree. Oh, exactly. You For know? the art, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And so, like, I think part of it is, uh, you know, part of it is just having to do it and wanting to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's what I enjoy. But there's definitely a big section of it that's also passing the torch is important to me okay it's funny i feel the same way too like in the sense that like i'd be i'd be really happy if i could write a song that some kid hears on the radio some depressed kid hears on the radio one day and it fucking turns his whole day around maybe and even like inspires him to be a musician but even just making them feel better yeah because dave i can think of like like everyone i love but like i remember specifically like being really depressed getting like i quit like my first band ironically also named shake appeal right when i was in high school and uh, the guys came, i thought because i thought i was i was really arrogant and i thought i was untouchable mm-hmm. and, I was, and then the guys continued on without me and i was like devastated tried to yeah they tried to but <laughs> story was you were the star and that band died out quick oh thanks bro um but I remember being really, I mean, I remember getting really high on opiates like that next day. And mm-hmm. like, I remember I had this distinct memory of being high on opiates and like falling into my bed. Right. Which is like, just like a match on the floor falling in my bed and it like puffing up around me while listening to uh, 
David Bowie Starman. Mm. And mm. it was just like the best memory ever. It was like the perfect temperature. It was nice and cool out. Yeah. And it was just like, it was the perfect moment. Rock and roll suicide is that for me. Yeah. Rock and roll suicide to me. Fucking. Before David Bowie died, like a week before he died, I was like going through a rough time and uh, we didn't have our internet on at the moment, but uh, we had, and I really wanted to listen to some music, right? Yeah. But we had the DVD of Hammer, Hammersmith. Yeah. Bowie had Hammersmith, the last show of the Spiders from Mars. Yeah, yeah. And Rock and Roll Suicide is always my favorite. And I put that <laughs> on and when David Bowie, when he starts chanting at the end, you're not alone and, you know, yeah. give me your hand and shit like that. That still really speaks to me. Oh, and just the whole rock perfect. and roll suicide thing. Just the whole aspect of it, you know, what it means. I love it. Yeah. You know, that rock and roll suicide epitomizes the type of music I like. It epitomizes the type of rock stars I like. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Newsflash, David Bowie was good. <laughs> it was and, not really good. And just yesterday, that song helped me out. Just yesterday. Oh, that's good. You know? Um, like how you been like lately you said you've been upset yeah just you know fucking flare my mind flares up yeah. and fucking Our mom's going through health issues too I don't want to get too into that yeah it's personal shit but yeah but mainly mainly it's been like just my head fucking with me again you know mm-hmm. and like getting bad deja vus and stuff yeah which is like something I've never really experienced the deja vu scare me because it makes me think I have no free will and that like this is all planned out. Right. And then that starts scaring me. Then I start thinking, going down a bad path, you know, and going like, okay, well then what's going to happen in the future? How am I going to die? I've seen this all before. I should know, right? Right. <clears throat> and that scares me. I don't like. I don't like the idea of it of life being a secular thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I believe in reincarnation, but a, a passed on spirit. Right, right, right. You know, a spirit that moves on to the next thing in life. I don't like the idea of reincarnation because I don't like... It would would bug me about reincarnation is, like, the idea of not having any idea about my past lives. Right. I don't like that. I don't like thinking... No, I don't like that either. Because in my way, in in that way, it's like, that's just, like, dying over and over again. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's sad. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean been going on for like five years i've been in this fucking slump yeah, man yeah, this yeah. huge slump and it's just it keeps on it keeps on going on and i keep on trying to fight it and depression is such a fucking like no one the, the hard thing with depression is like no there's no answer no there's it's no like people try answer. like people like sometimes get benefits from attitude press and stuff like that but there's no like depression is like sometimes it's just so bad that people take their own lives and yeah. it's just like Who's Which to say? Huge, who's to say if yeah. there was a path for that? Like Anthony Bourdain. Who's to say like there was something he could have done to make him not do that? Yeah. Or who's to say that there was just no options? For, you know what I mean? Like it's, that's no no one knows. You yeah. know. And I always wanted like Bert Kreischer. I was listening to his podcast and it's like he said something that no one else has said, mm-hmm. which was kind of like in a weird way, kind of really ballsy. He's a ballsy guy, so oh, I guess yeah. I'm not surprised, but he's like, I don't know if, like, any hotline has ever helped anyone ever, as far as, like, if you're going to do it. Yeah. Is it is that even, if you're really committed to the idea, would a hotline actually help you? Because every other place I know, people just go talk to somebody, call, you know what I mean? Yeah. They do the usual, but he's like, I don't know, has it ever, has yeah. that ever, he's like, maybe it has, I don't know, I'm open to the idea, mm-hmm. but, like, it just seems like if someone's so committed to the idea of ending their own life that they wouldn't call this thing last minute 
like, and, and then have him be like, oh, okay. Although Nick Mullen had like a a grade. He's he on Come Town, the recent Come Town. You're talking about he had like a suicide hotline sketch. Yeah. Where it's just like some black girl computer, and she's like, "What you think about killing yourself? Yeah, how about you don't? <laughs> yeah, I don't. Know. Yeah, that's what I'm supposed to do. You call, you tell me what to do, and I tell you not to. Right? Like, what? What else can they say? <laughs> and then they try to sell you like, 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 are you happy with? It? Are you happy with your phone plan? <laughs> they try to sell you on some other shit. You know, it takes it takes your like, who? What's it? No, it makes it easier. To kill yourself, depression. Yeah, it makes you know just slowly makes it seem like the a thought, better choice. Yeah, you know? yeah, the thought of it, it does like the thought of it just seems like a sweet relief. Although, I'm like, the idea of not existing scares the shit out of me. Especially like yeah. with my diabetes and stuff. I've been thinking about death a lot because mm-hmm. I'm like, what if I fuck up? I have been fucking up lately. I've been eating all that good lately, and uh, I think about like, fuck, like what if. What, like like the me idea of dying too. me too terrified of death and then like how are the people around me gonna feel what's my legacy gonna be what if I go too early like I don't wanna give too much away cause this is once again not my this is not my story but something Mark said to me that terrified the shit out of me I think I've said this to you mm-hmm. his uh, older brother recently pa- passed away yeah which I couldn't imagine, like, the pain he would be going through from that. But he's talking about how he loved the Marvel movies and he was so excited to see Infinity War. Mm. And now he'll never know how Infinity War ends. Yeah. And the, that thought scared the shit out of me for some reason. Yeah. That thought, like, God, the idea that I won't know, like, I won't, won't see, like, the last Star Wars movie. Right. In the trilogy or whatever. Like, because I, I don't like everyone else. I liked... The last. Me and you love the last. Jedi. Yeah, yeah. Like, I had a blast. Man. I love the last Jedi, and I, you know, what? I love the Force Awakens. Oh yeah. Like, is it? Yeah, of course. It's like derivative of other plot lines, but I thought it worked getting me back into the plot. I loved it, mm-hmm. and it's a movie I'd watch again. Yeah. You know, so the idea of not seeing the third one, right. or the idea of not seeing the last season of Game of Thrones. Yeah. Shit like that, you mm-hmm. know. Oh man, that's. I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, it's a it, it thing, fucking man. bugs me. Yeah, which I think is normal. Be scared to death. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I used to pretend to be so hard right. when I was eighteen to like twenty-two. I'd be like, "Death doesn't scare me." And me and Thompson, yeah. uh, my roommate Aaron Thompson, we used to talk about how like we used to like like you know in a pretty ingenuine like it was an, okay I can't speak for him my part is pretty ingenuine yeah we used to like have these long talks and meditations about like how yeah whatever suicides and scare us like we'll, and we're like yeah I'm not afraid to die and and, and, and he'd be like would almost be like yeah me neither and, and yeah. kind of like puff up our chests uh-huh. and the more I, I mean the older I get to realize the more I realize how afraid I am of dying like terrified yeah like the idea of it going back to what it was like before I was born, which is just nothingness, I don't like that idea at all. <laughs> like, what about, what about was... living this exact same life over again? Say you died tomorrow and just restarted. I mean, I would prefer that over nothing. Really? Yes. I think I'd prefer nothing over that. Uh, like, I could probably... It could be the worst life. Like, I always say, like... Just, <laughs> the thing I say that always surprises, like, my family and spouses is, like, I'm like, all right, I'm brain dead. Like, I got machines keeping me alive. 
Doctor says there's no chance of me coming back. Whatever you do, do not pull that plug ever. Never pull the plug. Right. Keep my just keep my body like a little machine pissing and shitting. Yeah. Just do whatever you can to keep me alive. Right. Use up all the hospital resources. <laughs> I do not care. Keep me alive. Yeah. I, like, I don't want it. I don't care. I don't want to die. I'm not even being joking about it. Like, I don't care. Mm. Never pull the plug. This is the will and intent. Like, <laughs> this, this is, is, this is legal. Doctors trying to convince you. This is like, show them this. We're at minute, what episode is this? This is episode 83, I think. Oh, let me check. 80, episode 83. This is important to document. Braden's will. Yes, Braden's Well, I'm in... That's the title. Uh, let me check the podcast app. See, we are on... See, when I die, episode my request is that you go around and, like, talking head documentaries. 83. 83. And then minute 35, 51 seconds. <laughs> if I am ever in a situation where my body is compromised, the doctors say I'll never come back, I'm brain dead... Do not unplug me. <laughs> if you're the doctor listening to us, if you unplug me, you, you I mean, you're liable for murder. Like, <laughs> you're, you're going, you're, you should be on the hook for my murder. You're like Dr. Eugene Landy. Yeah, do not unplug. <laughs> I, want, I, want, I want you to go around and do, if I die, I want you to go around and do like a talking head with everybody. And then do at my doc? funeral, play, yeah, play a documentary. Oh, that'd be dope. Where they're talking about me. Okay, you got it. I can do that. Um, you'll have to show me how to use your camera before that happens. <laughs> yeah. Um, Don't worry. I think we've got some time. Um, yeah, I think we'll be fine. Uh, for me, here's what you got to do for me. You got to, like, put together the greatest hits of the podcast. Yeah. I want I, I want to be really greedy, but fuck it. It's my funeral. I want to do, like, the classic, like, photo song list. And yeah. on the episode with Dad, whatever one that is, I outlined my funeral songs I want. Yeah. And do the pictures and all that bullshit. But then I want you to put together, like, greatest hits of the podcast, my best moments. And I want, like, shit stories. I want, like, I want all the nasty stuff. Because if anyone's going to be it. offended yeah, and the, at the funeral, then they don't fucking know me anyways. Fuck them. Yeah, I'm And play it. this clip at the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. them. Fuck them from the afterlife. Man. Yeah. That's kind of, like, in a weird way, like, my fear of death has really pushed this podcast forward in the sense that, like, I like the idea that if I die and you want to, like... It scares What scares the shit out of me is, like, people talk about people, other people dying and then not even remembering what their voice sounds like and what their personality is like. This is, like, a document of what I sound like and who I am. Same with you. Same with anyone who's ever been on the podcast. That idea scares me. That's what I like about like. having Dad on the podcast and Mom on the podcast is I like the idea of, like, if they pass on, I can listen to this and be like right, yeah. there's dad yeah there's mom yeah that's always scared me too is like 60 years from now not remembering dad's voice oh that's frightening right that's a scary i don't like that no. i really like pictures in one thing but like on like an hour-long podcast you get like a sense of someone hmm. you know yeah dad wanted us to take down remember when dad did the episode he wanted to take it down because he hated his voice yeah oh it's yeah like, I just fucking big time but brutal don't mind. Sorry, the fans want what the fans want. <laughs> um, oh, fuck. What was I going to say? I had something to ask you. Oh, but as far as like, okay, besides writing. Yep. 
how did you learn how to like use a camera, lighting, editing, making it look good? Because like that's a thing that I feel like requires like some actual work. All I, on my own. I'm not great at using a camera yet. I'm okay at it. I think the stuff you've done for us looks good. Thank you. I know you were like upset about the last shake appeal thing you did because he didn't like it's too dark. You said. Uh. Yeah, and I just I think it was overexposed too. Like that's the shit where I'm like I I would like love to take like a photography class in college. Or even like even to, learn, like, to just, really learn about lenses and shit. You know. Yeah. Because for me, for me, most of it comes from the writing and directing part. Yeah. Right. For me, that's where it comes from, and like yeah. The camera is just my means to get that out there. Yeah. You know? Whereas, like, my goal is to one day, you know, have studios and stuff where they bring the fucking IMAX cameras to me. And yeah. I have a cinematographer, <laughs> who right? Who knows how all who, that shit works. Who knows how to work the camera, and I can just tell them what kind of shot I want it to look like. Yeah, yeah. You know? But actual, actual like, physical stuff. Yeah, I just kind of learned. Just kind of just... Did you look at anything? Like, were you, like... Say when you're editing stuff. Right. Say, like, that uh, black and white shake appeal promo we did with me and Aaron. Mm -hmm. Did you have to, like, wick, like look anything up in a search to, like, figure out how to do something? Uh, yeah, that was my first time using the editor. So, yeah, I had to learn, like, some quick keys. Right. Right. I had to learn how to, like, get to know the editor. Because yeah. that was, like, my first time using that editor, right? Yeah. Do you but, feel like you learned a lot since that moment? Like, with that, do you, can you edit easier? Mm -hmm. you had a few videos since then. No, I'm oh, fair enough. I feel like <laughs> I feel like editing is when I sit down and I go to do it. It still starts off as such a chore. Right. If that, if I could, if I could get someone to do one thing, it would definitely be editing. Right. If, if I could have one thing, it would it would be an editor. Would you be the kind of director? I would sit. I'd sit with the editor. Yeah, I'd sit with the editor, of course, and tell him how I want it. Mm -hmm. But just for him to do the actual manual work you know and click because that's what it is it's so tedious so tedious going through one literally going through half a second over and 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 over again and trying to yeah. line that shit up yeah drives you nuts once you get once you start editing and once you're in it for an hour or so though yeah you start getting in a groove and it feels good yeah it starts feeling good yeah no doubt and it's like I gotta imagine it's a lot like mixing where it's like when I'm mixing a song mm -hmm. doing a sound mix it's like you listen to that song over and over again to the point where like by the time you're done and you're kind of happy with it yeah. and also it gets to the point where you do, when you do it over and over again where you can't even tell if you're happy with it mm -hmm. you're like I don't know is this good I've seen it so much I can't <sighs> tell if it's fucking good yeah anymore. yeah you get to a point where you're over over tired yeah yeah and then like by the time I'm done with it I don't last thing I want to do is listen to that song ever again mm -hmm. yeah no, I, I think it's the same way. I yeah. think it's the same way. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. Yeah. Where it's like, you, yeah, you lose a sense of whether it works or not. Yeah. But like you, uh, you went to recording school. Yeah. And you learned a lot of shit there about the yeah. actual sound mixing and recording yeah. and yeah, shit like that. I got like my that. diploma up. It's the first time I've ever put it up. It's been in a folder. Is it up? Yeah, it's in the hallway. If you go in there, it's oh, in right a on. frame and I put right it on. up and shit. No, it's good. So sometimes I feel like... And this is like a true peak of my insecurity. When I tell people I have it, I feel like some people don't believe me. Like, I'm just saying it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I get you. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe this is a lot about me because, like, maybe that's how I feel about some people. Right. But, um... Yeah. Yeah, I wish... I wish, like, uh... I was in a few courses. I could take a few courses. Right? Mm -hmm. But nothing too major. 
I, w- I wouldn't go into I, bet, I like, wouldn't I wouldn't go into film school for for a full year. Mm-hmm. I would like, I would go like in it for the connections. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Just to understand like lighting and exposure and stuff better. Yeah, stuff I'm sure like you that. Because like, I don't want to I don't want to sit in a classroom with a guy showing me a David Lynch film, tell me what he thinks the David Lynch film means. Yes. David Lynch himself would go, "Fuck you." Let them watch it and let them decide what yeah. it means for themselves. Oh, there's a clip I got to show you. There's a great clip of uh, him that's getting the, that's pissed the... off about the new Twin Peaks. Yeah. Like, it's pre-production. Mm-hmm. And he's mad about uh, not having enough time. Right. And you just see him laying into this poor like, this <laughs> guy who's clearly his job is to get the schedule together. Right. And he's like, I, what if, I mean, he's talking about how like uh, his shooting schedule was ridiculous and he could have spent like a week in this one location, but he only had so many days. And yeah. he's like, I could have dreamed of all kinds of things in there. <laughs> he's just like, I felt so bad for <laughs> the guy. He was like, having cause, to take cause it. you know, like some executive saying like, no, you only have this much of money. Yeah, you can yeah. Only get this and that guy days. has to just parlay the message to Lynch. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean. I've always you probably tried. could I've, take a class like a photography class here like yeah like you know, I, I, my, my recording school is paid for because yeah. I'm native you know had to go through a bunch of red tape to do it but yeah. like you know what I mean like you got a practical skill you know yeah. but if someone was sitting down trying to tell you what music means you know and, oh, trying, yeah. to, and trying to teach you you know the intricacies of just music in general yeah. it'd be like fuck you yeah I know yeah, 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 yeah. You know, there is this thing where it's like, uh, I feel like it feels artists... like they're trying to rob you of the personal aspect of it. Yeah, you know, yeah. they're trying. It looks like they're trying to take it away from you. Yeah, I've always had a problem with graded a... artists too. Yeah, I always feel like artists are made. Artists are born. They're not developed. It's yeah. They, they can develop. Like maybe I worded that wrong. You know. No, no, they can develop. But I, but I, I feel know like what you mean. it's a seed planted in you from birth. Yeah, you're either an artist or you're not. And I've like seen that with people. Yeah, I've it. seen I've yeah. seen musicians who aren't artists. Yeah, I've seen yeah. painters who aren't artists. You know. Absolutely, I know a lot of musicians who aren't artists. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, no, you're absolutely you're so fucking right. And it's like even like uh, something like um, Hitchens. Mm-hmm great writer journalist he's talking about the idea of when he first heard that they like colleges and universities were taking journalism teaching journalism classes like that's he's like he thought that was the most ridiculous thing he's ever heard he's like you are either a journalist or you're not you're right. born like you said you're he's literally said like you're either born it within your dna mm-hmm. or you're not you can't teach someone to be a fucking journalist yeah to have that drive yeah and to do the things that journalists need to do have the integrity and stuff it's like a I feel that way about a lot of musicians. Like, there's some musicians, like, people I know and that I respect, and I call them, like, I'm like, oh, you're, like me, you're a lifer. Yeah. Kurt Metzger talked about it being a stand-up comedian. He's like, when I became a stand-up comedian, he is like, it's akin to joining, a, like, a violent gang or something, where it's like, you're basically signing away having a normal life. Yeah. You're signing away the idea of ever... You know, if you're, in my opinion, if you're really in it, if you're really in the game, mm-hmm. if you're truly a musician, and mm-hmm. this is like a really, this is where it starts getting my, my snobbery and where I start getting bitter yeah. and shitty about other people. Right. But if you're truly like in it and you want to be a musician, 
then you give up the the whole family white picket fence house thing mm-hmm. or the idea of that as being like you oh that's deserved of you as far as how your life goes right you know it's like you you are kind of like regaling yourself to like living and like being being in music has taken me a lot of great places mm-hmm. i've done a lot of exciting fun things as a musician but financial security is not one of those things yeah and, and you, you have to be okay with that you have to be dan Harmon always said if you want to be a writer you have to be happy being a writer if you're living under a bridge yeah eating beans mm-hmm. night day, like morning yeah at noon and day and uh, morning, noon, night, and like, like that's that's what it takes to be a writer. You got to be okay with not being successful because you have to do it. Right, right. It's part of your identity. It's part of who you are. Right. That's why I never got people who like politics as part of who they are. Mm-hmm. I could never imagine either, like committing yourself to just like an I like a political ideology the same way I commit myself to music. Yeah. Because like, I've never I've never known a but although like politics can depending on the politics improve. A lot of people's quality of lives. I've never known a policy to move me like a song has or anything. Like I just right. don't get it. And I think there's uh, something that can be sadder, and this kind of relates to something that happened this week. Are you know artists who choose the other life? Who, ch- who artists? Give up? Who yeah. no artists who uh, choose to go down and have. A career and have stuff like that, you right, know? right? Right, right, right. Uh, like earlier this week, it's going to be brought up sometime. Shake appeal dis disband. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, going to be brought up sometime. Shake appeal disbanded. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, very sad to get into the nuts and bolts of it. Like it's, I, I feel horrible about it in a lot of ways. You've been you know, beating yourself up this past week heavily, man. Well, yeah, because it's like, uh, if people don't know, Shake Appeal, my band disbanded, and uh, uh, I'm not playing music with Aaron anymore, who's like been my musical partner since... Before I mean, you moved since to high Vancouver, school. yeah, since high school. Since high school, and then we didn't really do anything when I lived in Vancouver for those five years, right? Because it was Vancouver and he was here. Then I came back, he was still my musical partner, my best friend... I wouldn't. I owe my life to Aaron. Like, I'm sure I do too, man. Yeah, like he's Aaron has helped me out fucking majorly he's too. Saved my life more times than I could possibly imagine. You know, like he gave me a place to live when I was living on the street. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, always understanding. Never like. You know, you have friends who, like, judge you and your life choices from time to time. Aaron never felt that from Aaron. Yeah. I've never felt Aaron be like, well, why don't you just get a normal job and do this or that? And, change? like, he's just always accepted me for who I am. Yeah. That's a rare thing to come by, too. Yeah. And so when this thing with the band happened and uh, I, bro- I broke up Shake Appeal and I decided to do start this different band that doesn't involve Aaron... There is this thing where I'm like, I fucking stabbed my best friend in the back, and it's like, it kills me on the inside. Like, I feel so... And the idea that we're not going to be friends anymore kills me. But that's Which just, you guys are. That's just that's just a weird thought in your head. You guys are still friends. Yeah, I think yeah, I think we're going to be okay. Like, I think I, t- I started talking to him. You know, we went through a quick period where we were talking, and I'm starting to text with him back and forth, and it's starting to feel promising that it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Um... You know, 
I'm not gonna get into like the ugly details of it, just to say that like, I mean, a choice that I think I think ultimately ultimately was the right choice. Jamie put it this this way, where she's like, it's like the right choice to make. I think, but it's an ugly choice. Yeah, yeah, you know, and I I love him to death, and I think he's a good person. Right. And I don't think there's enough people like that. Right. You know? I think, like, yeah. I think important thing to tell the audience, too, because the audience audience is mostly friends. This this didn't happen because of a fight or nothing. No, it wasn't like, I hate you. I hate your personality. No, you didn't disband because of a fight or nothing. It was, like, an intellectual decision that you came to. Came to, right. You know, and I probably dragged it on a little too long. I dragged it on for a couple months before doing it and that just put a dark cloud over things but because I didn't want to like disappoint my friend I didn't want to like I didn't want to not be his friend right you know and the fear of that mm-hmm. you know but the guy means everything to me yeah he still does yeah of course you know and I think we're gonna be okay hopefully but that's the balls in his court now because I'm the guy who did the bad the bad thing right you know what I mean mm-hmm but uh so that made it the week really hard yeah you know yeah and just uh, yeah i've been over here quite a bit and you've been yeah you've definitely been beating up yourself like crazy over it yeah 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 absolutely and it's a fucking hard thing uh you know i've been you've heard you've heard the story about bands millions of times disbanding because of like yeah. different you know I, like, i've been you know i've been straight up just like kicked out of bands yeah. you know and yeah, it's it's not fun. So you feel like re- rejected by your friends, some degree. Yeah, it's definitely. I've never, yeah, I've never experienced betrayal. Like I've never experienced, I've yeah. never experienced a breakup. I imagine it's similar to it though. Yeah, and there's this like, like I've been kicked out of bands and stuff, and there is this thing of like what was said right about me behind my back or whatever. Yeah, you know? it's like. What kills me, and it's like, I don't want to be this guy who's, like, trying to be a victim here, because I'm not. I'm the bad guy in this situation. But what kills me is, like, sitting here and then thinking about Aaron hurting, and then me being the guy who caused that hurt. Mm. I don't, like, it's like, that just fucking guts me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So that's what I've been up to. I've been trying to get through that. Well, I'm, glad, I'm glad we addressed it. Yeah, for sure. Me too. It had to be addressed, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That was a good podcast. I, think I was, was just going to let that stew with the audience for a minute. Yeah. Um, I still have a couple more things. Please, go ahead. I still have a couple more things. E3 was this past week. I'm yeah. going to wrap. Yeah, I'm going to what? Gonna, okay. Okay, you got one more thing after yeah. your thing. Okay. I was just going to 180 Remind me to talk about Buddha. Okay. The Buddha story. That's, that's okay. a good story to end up. Uh, I was just going to 180 this. E3 cool. was this week. Right. Want to talk to the audience. I don't know how much gamers are listening. I want to talk to y'all about what I'm interested in. What are you interested in? Let's get a back and forth going. You can hit me up on the Not Feel Good People Instagram. Yeah, Max is writing the Instagram now. He's writing, you wrote way better descriptions than I ever could to the point where I'm like, I should get you to pre, you should, you should pre-write the description so I can put them in the podcast descriptions because I do like, I barely do anything for those. Yeah. So I might get you to write the description like tonight and then just, 
message it to me. Yeah. Okay. So I can copy and paste that description on everything. Okay. Sounds good. But um, what were some stuff that was shown? That uh, oh, Kojima's new game, Death Stranding, with Norman Reedus. Reedus. Reedus, my That's man. A great, great actor, greater name. <laughs> great actor, you might know Reedus, from Boondock Saints. Boondock Saints too. <laughs> is he in the second one? Oh yeah. This is all the original cast. Yeah. Oh yeah. Fair enough. Fucking Duffy returned, man. Duffy returned and knocked it out of the park a second time, baby. <laughs> Once again, no Keanu. Once again, Keanu Reeves is not allowed near the set. <laughs> <coughs> Looks fucking dope, though, man. Yeah. Is that the one where it's got that dream sequence where he's kind of... It's the one you've probably seen. There's been, like, 15-minute, like, trailers out where it's Norman Reedus and there's, like, a baby. He has a baby in a tube. Oh, right. Okay, yeah, yeah. And there's handprints going around. A bunch of weird existential visual stuff, right? Yeah. I got the first gameplay of, like, what it actually could mean and stuff like that. And it seems like you're a package delivery person. But you're, like, delivering bodies, it looks yeah. like. Yeah, yeah, Bodies. My guess, just from the top of my head, maybe, is that you're in limbo and you're delivering bodies, dead bodies, their souls, to the an afterlife. Right, 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 right. I didn't, you know. That's kind of interesting. That's cool. I think. I don't know. This or game is like, all speculative, right? Like in my mind, because it's like, when I picture a fetus in a tube, I picture it going in a... You remember that air file system from Tommy Boy, or it's like a two? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Imagine you put those in one of those. One, uh, what's his name? Got his shirt sucked up in it. Rob yeah. Lowe. Rob Lowe. Rob Lowe. Oh, Tommy Boy is so good. They're re- <laughs> they're remaking a game from both of our pasts. A game, uh, a Trentum okay. game, Resident Evil Two. Oh, I thought you were gonna say Body Harvest. I was like, no. about time. No, no, no. They're remaking Resident Evil Two, and like, me and you watch this game being played tons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, your best friend as a kid, Kevin Trenum, Kevin Trenum played would it. Would come over and constantly play Resident Evil Two, right? Yeah, and I'd watch him because I couldn't play it. I'd watch the him too. Camera angles. They're remaking Resident Evil Two. They're remaking Resident Evil Two. Whole new perspective, new graphics and stuff, but like same, same, same story. Same story, but ground up. New ground graphic. up new Is engine fixed cameras you think no it, they've already showed gameplay it's like resident evil 4 style okay do you so think it's behind the shoulder do you okay now do you think that's a mistake because don't you think part in a weird way the essence of resident evil 2 part of it is the fixed camera angles i love the fixed camera angles and tank controls but i think it would be too much of a gamble for them to do it like that again right so i'm okay with the updated controller style right right but yeah, I, I do love the tank controls, and I do like those controls. They're comfy for me. Yeah, and tanks like opposite, right? Like the tank controls are like how in Resident Evil and stuff. How like up is down, down up, is up. No, just how like up is move forward, and oh. then pressing right will just turn your character. Like you can't really strafe or nothing in those games, you know. Oh, you just turn your character and then move forward and then. Oh, it's turn just like a, like a move pivot, forward. move forward, turn. pivot, move forward, pivot, move forward. How oh, those okay. games used to be. This okay. game, you're running around and you're fucking boop, 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 capping shit. Yeah, yeah. Here's uh, a war style. Yeah, probably take cover and shit. Uh, but that uh, that looked cool. That looked cool. That just brought back good memories. I'd like to play that just because, like, I still remember trend and playing it. Yeah, I still remember going yeah. through those fucking doors, man. Those the fucking, liquors, dude. Oh, the liquors. I like Resident Evil 2. It has the best aesthetic to me. Because yeah. you're like in this cramped city. There's burning cars everywhere. It's so urban. Yeah. It's dirty. Yeah. Right? The polygons look good. 
Um, what else? What else was shown? New Smash Brothers was shown. People that, excited about that? that? I'm always interested in. Yeah, it looks. Good. I'm sure it's not a surprise. Nintendo's going to make a new Smash Bros. for the yeah. new system. Of That's course. pretty much all Nintendo I feel really like had. People more people are excited about the Switch than ever. Yeah, I mean, well, the Switch is because they're already talking about the end of the console life. They're already talking about the what? end of like PS4 and Xbox One. Oh, really? Yeah. But the Switch isn't, I don't think. But, like, Sony's kind of mentioned stuff, how they're ramping up and they're saving games for the PS5 already. Really? Yeah. Which makes me go, like, fuck, uh, I guess I'll just hold out. Because <laughs> yeah, you had a PS3 that died, and then, like, you I just never yeah. got a PS4. Never got a PS4. My PS3 was, like, my best buddy, man. Yeah. Oh, I was so sad when that died. Yeah. I remember I had a great setup where, like, my room was like uh, the fat vampire in Blades. <laughs> I was the fat vampire. I had a TV right at my bed that, that was on character. the floor. Yeah. And that was playing, uh, that was the first time I watched Community. That's yeah. when I told you to watch Community oh, on right. Netflix. Yeah. And then above the TV, right behind my TV on the floor was my computer desk set up. Yeah. Right there. And then to the left of that was the big screen TV that just played TV <laughs> to the whole room. Yeah. Oh, I feel so good with overloaded media. Yeah, when yeah, there's yeah. constant media going around at yeah, all times, like, you got a TV show back here, you're playing a game over here. Oh, I'm it's so fun. comfy. I'm so comfy. One of my favorite things was like me and you. I'd be playing a video game in your room, and you'd be playing a video game on a different yeah. TV. Different. You'd be system. playing on the main TV. I'd be on my computer. Yeah, and we have a podcast going. Yeah, both muted out games podcast going. Yeah, muted Skyrim. I was Some playing. of my all-time classic. We gotta do another setup like that again. Like I gotta yeah. bring out. I guess I could do it with the computer in here. I was here back in the day, day when I was playing. Remember, I was, I was playing uh, CS:GO and Source, and I was surfing. Right. Where it's like a subculture <laughs> of Counter Strike, where there's these surfing levels where you kind of you go and you have to control it in a way where your character rides up the wall and kind of glitches and you get speed and go flying. Right. It was this weird subculture of like <laughs> internet internet gaming that is. Yeah. Weird and fun. Um, trying to think of what else was announced. A lot of feudal Japan games. A lot of games right. set in, at least I think three different ones. There's I, like Ghost of Tsushima, Sekiro, which is being released by the Dark Souls people, and then I feel like there's like one other one. But there's a lot of Japanese like grass and fields this year, <laughs> man. There's a lot of it. I'm excited I, for. It. I love. What was there? What was the Japan feudal? The fighting one. Where it's just you go to different wars, the different generals, and you just Dynasty you know, like, Warriors. Dynasty Warriors. I love me some Dynasty oh, Warriors. Back Dynasty in the day. Warriors. Yeah, that was a fun game. Me and Arlen would just fucking play that game for hours, drinking soda and fucking. Probably gave me what gave me my diabetes. Like we'd just go through, rip through three cases of pop in a night. Oh man, you know what sugar that is? <laughs> Enough to make you feel great. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Um. Fuck, I'm trying to remember what else. Because it was a fun E3, man. It was fun. It was good. It was solid. I can't think new, of too much. They announced a new uh, Elder Scrolls game. New Elder Scrolls. Yeah, I, I enjoy Bethesda's. Uh, a lot of people had a problem with it. I enjoyed what they showed. They showed... It's just like a landscape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they also showed like the new Fallout game, which a lot of people right. are up in arms about. Cause Why? Because it, it's like an MMO. It's not like... Oh, it's not like a Skyrim, futuristic Skyrim, basically? It's like... it's Well, it's not like where you have a bunch of dialogue options, you know? And right. making your speech skill improves. It's just like go around with buddies and shoot shit up, right? Oh, okay. Which is fine. It's not 
it's not the next game in the series. Right. It's Fallout 76 as a spinoff. It's not Fallout 5, right? Oh, So I don't get okay. why people are getting up in arms about it. Like, It's not an official, like, it's kind of like, it's an offshoot. Yeah. They didn't need to make it. They are making yeah. it. You know, for, fucking for, be happy. When I found out, like, they were doing another Elder Scrolls for a second, I, th- I did think it was like a... Another some sort of remaster of Skyrim. Skyrim. They, they made a, they made a funny joke about that. Oh, did did they? They with uh, Key 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 from Key, Key and Peele. Yeah, he's on there. And what was the joke? in the trailer? Oh, it was like Skyrim. Uh, I forget. It was like Skyrim Definitive Edition, and they would they played out the press conference, and it was like Skyrim now coming to your refrigerator or something like that. <laughs> okay. Now coming to your toaster. Some some good little quip like yeah. that. New Doom game there. They should call announced. it the new Skyrim or the new Skyrim. The new uh, Elder Scrolls. Elder Scrolls. Call it Elder Scrolls. What are they up to five now? Six. Six. Elder Scrolls six. The Devil's a faggot. Devil's a faggot. <laughs> yes. Why not, dude? That'd be It'll sell. It'll sell, dude. It'll sell. Oh, that'd be an amazing title. Um. Fuck. Yeah, I can't think. Oh, a new skateboarding game came out. Oh, it was so funny. Uh, at Microsoft's conference, right? Mm-hmm. For the past week or so, or no. For the, pa- the, for the past week before the past week when the E3 <laughs> was getting hyped up, people were like, Skate 4 rumors. Skate 4 rumors. What's Skate What's Skate is a video game series. Okay. Skate. It's like skate a Tony Hawk, Hawk almost? Or? Yeah, it was, it's what killed Tony Hawk, right? It's, oh, it's okay. the realistic one that everyone plays where you flick the stick and stuff. You've seen me play it tons. Okay. But skateboarding's been going through a little resurgence the past couple, this past yeah, year. Skate culture so. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's been even on my radar. I think I've talked about it on the yeah. podcast, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And so people are like, it's perfect time. Skate 4. Skate 4 is going to be announced, right? And uh. there's even a leaked screenshot, I think. Skate 4. <laughs> Microsoft press conference. This little rap tune plays and cameras, cameras on the ground. You see this guy go by. He pops a kick, he pops a kick flip or a tray flip, some <laughs> shit. Everyone goes fucking nuts, right? Everyone's like, holy shit, this is exactly what we wanted. E3's just starting, here we go, Skate 4. Yeah. And guy's doing some more tricks, and it's cut to him skating, it's like a skate footage, classic. And then it cuts to the title, and it's Session. And Session has this, 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 Session is this game that's been, like, in Kickstarter for three years. That's, like, taking the controls of Skate and stuff like that. Uh Uh-huh. But I guess Microsoft just recently picked it up. But it was like <laughs> session. It was just quiet after that. <laughs> no, it's because everyone's just waiting for Skate Four, Skate Four, right? And then here it comes a skateboard game, and you're like, yes, it looks like Skate Four. It sounds like Skate Four, and then session. It's like what? And the last I've seen in this game, like late last year, this game was still in like alpha. <laughs> like they have one park set up they don't even have like the vert animations or anything ready to go right, and this right. was like late last year right 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 right. so I know this game is fucking like not even near done yeah. but oh it was, it was good to just get everyone <laughs> I was excited for a second I was like oh shit yeah yeah skating is back baby <laughs> fucking Bam Margera's cool again time to pull out my Viva La Bam shirt <laughs> Viva La Bam dude Fat Bar Ma- Bam Margera as a character oh that'd be great Chubby Bam, Bam. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bam's killing it Bam's been killing it recently he has? yeah man he's looking healthy he's really skating again man he's looking good He's like, he fucked up if he's like, finally, just looks, it's like a kickflip and looks at the camera. He's like, I'm finally over Ryan Dunn's death. <laughs> There's a sad thing. I think it was on the Epically Latered where he talks about how he's been doing a documentary about Ryan Dunn or a movie. Uh huh. 
for like the past four years. Right. 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 Do you remember that clip? Yeah. yeah and he's yeah. in his basement. And he's like, but I just keep make, I just keep going at it, and like, I don't think it's ready yet. And so for the past four years, I've just had this movie that only I've been watching. Right. right. About his dead friend. Right. And uh, I just thought I thought that was cool. I thought that was cool because yeah. Bam's always been Bam's always been kind of an art tour, you know. Yeah, yeah. I thought that describes making art perfectly. Where after a while, you're like, I've been sitting with this piece of work that I want to show everybody, but I've yeah. been almost like just holding it to myself, you know, being selfish with this yeah, piece yeah, yeah, of work. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Bam. <laughs> update on Bam Marger, everybody. He's doing good. <laughs> He's doing good. I love Bam, baby. I was. Uh, oh fuck! Reminded me of something cocksucker bam fat bam fat bam fat bam bam's doing good ryan done lost it it's gone forever we'll never know oh god damn it It was something i wanted to talk about too shit in my asshole fuck my mom cunt fuck my mom I don't know, man. I don't know. Fuck. Fuck shit. Fat Bam. Alcoholic Bam. Ryan Dunn's death. Skateboarding. Skateboarding. It's all gone, man. I recently introduced you to some cool skaters, man. Yeah. What's the, what's, what are those guys' names again? Uh, they were the they were the Baker Boys, but specifically Jim Greco and Ali Bulala. Uh huh. Two cool motherfuckers, man. Yeah, I they're, show, all, I showed so, you, they're all like Johnny Thunders. Yeah, I like showed you Jim, punk. Jim Greco's Instagram, and he's constantly like, every time he posts about a musician, it's someone I love, you know? Yeah. Yeah, he'll post like a Lou Reed clip, Johnny Thunders clip specifically. So cool. He has a bunch of Johnny Thunders boards. That's he, awesome. he specifically is like huge into Johnny, where he has like, he grew his hair out big, like right. Johnny style, right? And he yeah. rocked that for a long time. The yeah, big Johnny early dolls do right. Yeah, yeah. He rocked that for a long time. Yeah. There's videos at him at skate shops doing like acoustic versions of "You Can't Put Your Arms Around a Memory." Oh, that's cool stuff like that. Yeah. And I was telling you when I discovered those guys, it was just such a cool clash of worlds. Yeah, it's such a cool like because I was into Tony Hawk and Bam Margera as a mm-hmm. kid. Super big into that. Never got. Could never skateboard myself, but I bought skateboarding magazines. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I had tons of them. I'd bring them to school and read them. And then this other world, this rock star fucking New York punk world. Yeah, it dirty seemed like world. they would never touch each other. Right? And then this past year, they just clashed. And I found out they've always been together. You know? They've yeah. always been melded. And it was yeah. just a cool discovery. That is really cool. That's almost like... It's like what people like about the Marvel Universe, where they see characters interact. Right. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, it's like there's something really satisfying about that. Yeah. It, yeah. It was cool. Oh, that's awesome. Um, um, any good? Any other? Oh, Buddha. Also, uh, I'm nervous because Jam meeting Jamie's dad for the first time. He's coming over for like a weekend this weekend. Really? Yeah. Hmm. That'd be interesting. I'm scared. This is like I don't know what's gonna what I think is gonna happen. Right. It just kills me. But uh. Buddha, okay. So I'm doing this. I had this acoustic show. Fuck, did I do the acoustic show before the podcast, last podcast? Or? Mm-hmm. And we haven't done a podcast since the acoustic show? Man, a lot has happened this week. That's crazy. Anyways, had this acoustic show. Some weeks, like two weeks go by, and I'm like, I don't know, nothing happened. And this week, I feel like there's been like a whole month's worth of stuff that just happened, you know? Yeah. Um, I had this acoustic show where uh at spikes and there's this guy 
fuck it, DJ Buddha. They call him. Yeah. And he's Foster. just. Yeah. And uh, he's just this dude who's got this, like, self entitled thing about himself. Like, he thinks pretty highly of himself. Right. And his job seems to be fucking with everybody's set who plays there. Mm-hmm. Um, like, one time Steve made kind of a fool of him when he was working at Rockwell's. He's security oh, at Rockwell's. It was great. It was right out of the fucking Three Stooges, man. It was yeah. a Laurel and Hardy sketch where Steve was literally diving. Sli- We've talked about it on podcast. Yeah, yeah. Diving, Steve, sliding over tables. And <laughs> Buddha's belly's hanging out because he's jumping after Steve and <laughs> his, he'll just get a grip on his foot and steal oh and Steve will rip it out of his oh, hands so good anyways he's like so he does like he DJs at Spikes in between the sets like he yeah. DJs all night if there's no band playing there's a band playing DJs in between the sets but he likes to hold this power over the bands he did it with uh, Shake Appeal yeah where he'd say like alright so I'm gonna play like this is what I expect of you guys and it's like he the the club hired us he didn't yeah but I'm like I've decided recently that I gotta become more comfortable with confrontation or I'm just gonna let people push me around my whole life and I do not wanna be that guy yeah fuck that yeah so uh he's, he would tell the bands like when they could go on when they couldn't when it really wasn't his decision mm-hmm. and uh so I'm doing my acoustic show and he's doing the same, pulling the same thing. I have three sets of music, and he keeps like trying to extend his DJ set because he's like, "Well, people come in from Lone Star and stuff." Yeah. And then so it's my last set, and it's fucking DJ sets going on a long time. It's like twelve thirty or something, and I'm like, everyone's tired. Everyone's tired. Everyone, everyone, people are like, where my friends want me to go on. Yeah. They're waiting. So I go up to him. I'm like, I'm going, and he's playing like the most ridiculous like. The bar's closing down. Oh, yeah. It's like, like some sad Western music. <laughs> yeah, like the kind of you wipe the bar down to. Like, yeah. it's already been closing time for an hour. Yeah. Kind of music. And so I go up to him, like, I'm going on after this song. And he's like, because I was like, eventually I was like, this is ridiculous. And he's like, well, people come in from Lone Stars. I'm like, people coming in from like a nightclub yeah. aren't coming here to listen to an acoustic act. They're coming here to dance. Yeah. The, the few people who are left Get here more want, drunk yeah the people who are left here want to see me I want to play for them I'm going on at this song and he's like I don't like your fucking attitude I'm like I don't care yeah Buddha. yeah just and then I just walked on stage and I got ready and waited for the song to end fuck yeah rock oh, and I was roll, like man. I felt there was a definite like rock and roll rush of like fuck 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 like first couple songs like I felt like I don't know. It's got like fight or flight response, like the adrenaline kicked in, and I didn't feel right for right. Like the first couple songs. But uh, at the end, I was just proud that I stood up for myself. Yeah, and I'm like, I mean, why would I? This guy has no power. The bar doesn't listen to him. Yeah. Why am I bending over backwards to please this in guy? In your head, yeah. yeah. Thinking that he's something, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That was like small victory. That was just my little small Victoria story. The one good thing that happened this week. I think uh, a good movie that portrays what that's like is The Nice Guys. Oh, yeah, totally. Where you don't want to be rude to anybody, you know? Yeah, yeah, I, I'm, yeah. I'm the same way, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's just, I think we're just nice guys. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like, it is like people will fucking walk on you. Yeah. Like in that Brian Wilson movie we're watching, Brian mm-hmm. Wilson's just this mentally damaged nice guy, and this psychiatrist kind of takes over his life, and it's yeah. fucking sad to yeah. see him get taken advantage of. Yeah, and it's sad because he has no real. He can't help himself. Yeah. 
and you know the doctor's shitty but it's what he knows yeah exactly you know and the devil you know is a lot more comfortable yeah it's like me wanting to be in like uh on life support for the rest of my life yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess. what you used to still do <laughs> what do you I, think man how long was that that's good we were like an hour 15 I think that's solid right on so Getty is there anything else you got no the E3 stuff or anything no I'm good how you feeling okay this was I'm a good feeling, episode yeah I'm feeling better it was a good episode it was good seeing you today I needed it Good seeing you too. Things were so chaotic in my life lately. It was fucking. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Absolutely. Thank you, all the listeners out there who might not be feeling good. I hope that we can make you feel a bit better relating to some not feel good people. And, you know, when you wake up tomorrow and you feel like shit, man, just remember that we also feel like shit. But as long as we got each other, you know, we'll get through it, people. I was sitting in a crummy. Movie with my hands on my